Good morning, my, I'm Mike Wetzel and welcome to Together Church. Today, my message, the title of my message is, What Do You See? 2 Corinthians 4.18 So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is, for what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. We tend to focus on what we see, and much of the time what we see are problems, problems that, that, that seem insurmountable. We, we see defeat, and we see failure, we see sickness, we see death, we see all these terrible things. But the Bible said what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And God is unseen. He's a spirit. And his, prom, you know, his promise is that the, whatever we're going through now is only temporary. And let's go to Second Kings, verse 15 through 17. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of chariots and horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. You see, all the servant could see was the enemy. The enemy had come in in the middle of the night, had surrounded the 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 people there, and then he just knew that this is the end of us. They're gonna they're gonna come in and kill us all. But Elisha wasn't afraid because Elisha could see the unseen. And so he asked, he said, God opened my servant's eyes so he can see it. And so when he opened his eyes, he saw the hills full of chariots of fire and and uh an army so big you can't even count them. And that's what that's the way it is in our life. We look and we see things that we think are are bad, it's going to end us, or maybe we just are so tired of, of fighting the battle, we think we've lost the battle, we think that, you know, everybody's against us, or there's no way for us to win, but when we can see in our spiritual eyes, just like Elisha did, we have angels around us, God has an army surrounding us every day to take care of us, to protect us, to see us through all the things that goes on in our life. So if we can focus on the promises of God and instead of our problems, we'll be so much better off. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13, verse 26 through 33. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh and in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey, and here is its fruit. You know, all 12 spies that went out, they agreed that the promise of God is real. As a matter of fact, they even brought back some of that promise. They brought back the fruit and evidence that what God's promised, he, there is there, and all we have to do is go get it. But... But the problem is the people, instead of seeing the promise of God, they, they saw the problems. And in verse 28 says, But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. 
the Amalekites live in the, in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses, and he said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. You know, 10 of the 12 men were overwhelmed by what they saw. 10 of the men saw the promise, but they focused on the problem. In, in verse 32 says, And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they explored. They said, The land we explored devours those who live in it. All the people we saw there of great size uh, we saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come down, come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. You see, they saw God's promises. They actually brought some of his promise back. They said, this land is truly what you said it was. It flows with milk and honey, and there's such great fruits and, and everything. It's a wonderful place, but they began to see the problems. They saw the people there. They saw that there were were giants in the land and they were big fortified cities. And instead of instead of just understanding that God said, Listen, this is your land, go take it. They they didn't listen to that God. They didn't listen to the promise that God had for them. They they decided that they couldn't do it. They saw defeat. They saw what they could see with their natural eyes and not with their spiritual eyes. You see, when you see the problem instead of the promise, the enemy will look big and you will look small. They said, 10 of the men said they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And, and the scripture says, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. When you see yourself as small as nothing, then that's the way other people are going to see you. And, and Joshua and Caleb they saw the opportunity to go in there and take what God had already promised them. They, they were giants. They were like mighty men. And, all, and the other 10 men were like grasshoppers. They, they lost their opportunity to go into the promised land because they refused to, to, be, to see with their spiritual eyes. They, they saw with their natural eyes, and they let the fear and unbelief stop them from uh, getting what God has already given them. You know, Joshua, Joshua and Caleb's was a good report because it was a faith report. Joshua, Joshua and Caleb, they saw the grapes, not the giants. The other 10 spies brought back what the Bible calls as a bad report. Why was it a bad report? It was a bad because it contradicted the word of God in Genesis 13, 14 through 17. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, Lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south, east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. God said, this promised land, I am giving it to you. He promised that to them. It was their land. All they had to do was take it. But listen, there are many of God's promises today that are contingent upon our faith to believe and our faith to act. 
There are so many people today that are living a life underneath what they should be living. They haven't reached their promise yet. We haven't reached that that place where God has for us because we're of unbelief, because we're afraid. We begin to see the problems more than we see the promise. God says, I've given it to you. He's given us these same things through Jesus Christ, our Savior. He's given us the power to overcome Satan or anything the devil would do to come against us. We can pray and, and see people healed. We can believe for miracles. Your life can change on a dime just like that. All you have to do is just believe. Believe in God and don't let the lies of the Satan and, and other people that, that, that are afraid, don't, don't let other people affect your walk with God because I want to see my promised land and I know you want to see your promised land. And the only way we can do that is to have faith to step out. Even when with our natural eyes, things seem to be bad and it seems like overwhelming, we can't do this. But we need to understand that when, when our spiritual eyes are opened, there is an army surrounding us, an army of warriors that God has sent to for us, to protect us, to take us to that place we need to be. We just have to have enough faith to take one step. And then once you've taken that one step, take another step and just take one step at the time and watch God open doors for you. Watch God move barriers. Watch God work miracles because that's what God does. But we have to step out in faith. It all comes down to whether you believe enough to act. There were 10 grasshoppers and only two mighty men. You know, when the grasshoppers died in the wilderness, but the two mighty men, they made it to their promised land. But you know, there's something I want to I get across to everybody today. What you do affects other people. You know, the fact that there were 10 unbelievers and those 10 unbelievers refused to go into the promised land and take it, it, because of their unbelief, Joshua and Caleb had to spend 40 more years in the desert before they could see their promised land. So listen, what you do today affects other people. Your decisions, when you make bad decisions that, that are, are go against God, and you can affect your family, your children, your, your workers, people in church with you, your neighbors. You affect other people. You're not an island to yourself. Everybody in this world has somebody that they affect. So the decisions that these unbelieving uh, spies made cost Joshua and, and, and Caleb, it cost them 40 years walking around the desert, waking, waiting for these unbelievers to die before they could reach their promised land. But they did reach it. So some of you may be saying, you know, I've walked around for a long time. I'm getting tired, but don't, don't quit now. Keep believing and keep walking because one day soon you're going to see that promise that God's given you. You know, I'm talking to somebody today. I believe in my heart there's somebody out there that needs to hear this message. You've been listening to a bad report. You've been listening to what your circumstances are saying. You've been listening to what your feelings are saying or what your enemies are saying. It's time to listen to what God is saying. Let's go to Psalm 34, 17 through 19. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted 
and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Chat, uh, verse 17 here says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them, and he delivers them. It's time to cry out to God today. It's time that we get on our knees and we find a place to pray and cry out to God. And, and, and when we do, God will hear you. The Bible says it. He says the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. Not only does he hear them, but he delivers them from all their troubles. And you know, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. You may be crushed tonight. You may be going through a time, maybe a grief, maybe someone died close to you or something bad, a tragedy has happened in your family and, and your heart is just broken. Know this, when you have a broken heart, there's no other time in your life that God will be any closer to you than he is then. God comes across, he comes to you at, in times when you need him, when you're hurting, when you're down. If we cry out to God, God is there. He's, he's a loving God. His Holy Spirit gives us strength. I remember when my mother passed away uh, about seven years ago, my heart was broken. I was crushed in spirit, but I could feel the Holy Spirit strengthen me. I could feel him just giving me that strength that I needed to go through the next few days, to get through the funeral, to get through uh, the times after the funeral with my dad and, and, and our family. And, and there's so many people hurting today, so many people and, and we just need to know that God has not forsaken you. God loves you. He's there for you and he's there closer to you when you're broken than at any other time in your life. It says in verse 19, it says, a righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Whatever you're going through today is temporary. Whatever you see is temporary. And God is going to deliver you from everything you're going through. You just need to have faith to believe, to keep walking with him, to keep believing, to keep crying out to him. And God will deliver you from wherever you're at tonight, today. I want to go to 1 Samuel 17, 33 through 35. David had walked up when Goliath was out. He was talking to the Israelites, taunting them and you know, daring somebody to come out and fight them and wouldn't nobody do anything. They were just standing there afraid on the other side of the, the valley. They were afraid to go out and do anything. But but David said, I'll go kill that guy. Let me have a chance. And he asked Saul, he said, uh, he asked Saul, Could, can I go out there and fight this giant? And Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. And he has been fighting from a fighting man from his youth. So he's saying, listen, you're too young. You don't know enough. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You can't do it. You can't do it. And, you know, and, and that's the way it would be in our natural eyes. If you see a big giant out there with a huge sword that's been fighting all his life and you see the little teenager David, I mean, if they were taking bets, you know who would be get all the money. But no, no, nobody believed David could do it, but, but, but David knew he could do it. He believed he could do it. And David, David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it, and I killed it. You see, David had been tending 
his father's flock. Then one day a lion suddenly appeared and stole a lamb and grabbed it and run off with it. You know, most people would have just said, I'll never see that lamb again. You know, I guess that's just the way it is. We lost that one. That one that one got away. You know, and, and then they most people would say, I better just stay here and protect what I have left. You know, and that's what the lion was hoping for. That's what he was counting on. But see, that lion never counted on somebody like David. David, he wasn't like most people. He took it serious. You know, but a lot of times, even in the church, when we see one of our, someone start falling away from the Lord, they're not coming to church as much, and maybe something's happened in their life, maybe they made some mistakes. Instead of us going after them, a lot of times we say, well, I knew they wouldn't ever make it anyway. You know, I knew they didn't have anything. You know, instead of saying that, David went after. He, he went after that sheep. You know, he, he didn't just sit down, and David didn't sit down and cry and, and you know, and, and say, well, woe is me. I can't do anything. I stole my sheep. David got mad. He had righteous anger. You know, people, Christians with righteous anger are dangerous in the spiritual realm. We need to get. We need to call out to God and Lord and and ask God to bring back those lost sheep, the sheep that Satan has come in and tried to steal and kill and destroy. That sheep. We need to go after those sheep. We need to go after them and love them. Show them the love of God. Show them that there is a way home. You know, David went after that that sheep and he hunted the lion down. And he found it, and he found the lamb was still in the lion's mouth alive. And he took that lamb out of the mountain, out of, out of the lion's mouth. You know, many things that we have given up for dead are still alive. There are things in your life you thought was dead and gone. You'll never reach that potential. You'll never be able to do what, what you plan to do in your life, your goals and plans. Listen, those things aren't dead. Satan may have come in. You may have made, you may have made mistakes and in your life and things are, are hard for you right now. But listen, go after them. Go after those things. Don't just sit there and have pity on yourself. Let's don't sit and have a pity party about everything we've lost. Let's go like David did and go after that line and go retrieve because a lot of things that we think are dead are still alive. That lamb was still alive. And he grabbed that lamb out of that lion's mouth and he protected that lamb. And you know, when, when he did that, and this is something that, it's going to happen to us. When you begin to go after those things that Satan has stolen from you, Satan is going to come after you. That lion rose up against David. He came, he came against David. He was trying to kill David, but David, through the power of God in his life, grabbed that lion by the, by the beard and ripped him apart, killed the lion. He killed it and he stopped it. You know, it's time for us to get righteous anger. It's time for us to go after the lost. It's time for us to quit giving up and letting Satan win the war. Let's win. Let's let us win some battles. We can do it. We just have to have faith to believe and not be afraid to step out. And when Satan comes against you, be ready for it. Be prayed. Have be prayed up. Have your have your life where it needs to be. And then we can go after Satan. It's time to grab victory from the jaws of defeat. In Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. 
Now a crippled man from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked at him, and as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I will give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. There was a lame man there. He had been laying there He'd, every day of his entire life. He was a burden on society. He couldn't do anything but beg. And he was laying there, and he asked these men for money. And, and they said, Peter said, I don't have any money, but I'll tell you what I'll do. And he, and he said, he cried out, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. And then verse 7 says this, Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. You see, Peter did more than just pray for this guy. You you think, well, I'll just, if, if somebody comes to you and says, I need help, I'm hurting and this or whatever, you say, okay, I'll be glad to pray for you. Somebody's hungry, you know, they don't only need you to pray for them, they need you to buy them some groceries. They need you to, to take them to the store, give them what they need. Because Peter, he prayed for him and then he then he took him by the right hand and helped him up. And as he was helping him up, that's when the man's feet and ankles became strong. You see, as we pray for people and then we reach out to them and we reach down and grab those people where they're at, we begin to lift them up or where they're in the place they're in. That's when the miracles of God begin to take place. See, God uses us. We're his hands and we're his feet. We go out into the world and people see Jesus through us. And we begin to pray in the name of Jesus Christ and we begin to help other people. The power of God will begin to flow and things will begin to happen. Miracles will take place. This man's life was changed in an instant. Why is that? Because Peter was willing to pray for that guy and he was also willing to reach out and grab him and pick him up. And when he did, the miracle happened. The same thing will happen for us. The same thing happens when we go out and we begin to care for people. We begin to, that's why these outreaches that we do, people say, oh, that's just a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. Jesus Christ, when he was here on earth, he fed the poor, the hungry. He healed the sick. That's, and what he did, the Holy Spirit, he said when he leaves and goes away, the Holy Spirit came upon us. He said we would do the same things he did, even more of it. So, Everything that Jesus did while he was here, we can do now. We can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We have the power to pray for the sick and they'll be healed. We have power to reach out and touch people's life, to bring them out of wherever they're at and bring them up to a new life. Your life can be changed in an instant. It says, he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them to the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Amen. You see, that man was saved and his life was changed before he ever stepped foot in the temple. A lot of what we do as Christians today, we can make a big difference outside the four walls of the church. When we're out in this in the world today, where it's on your job or out in your communities where you live, maybe where you shop, God will give us opportunities to minister to people. And when you see that opportunity, take it. 
Use it. And you know what? We'll see the kingdom of God grow. That's how it grew then. That's how it'll grow now. It doesn't grow from us going to church, sitting in our pew, same pew every day for years on end, singing songs and hearing a sermon. That's not how we build the kingdom. We build the kingdom by going out where the people are, where they need help, helping those people, showing them who God is. And then they'll come to the temple. And then they'll be coming to church. Then they'll be walking, jumping, and praising. And as they do that, in verse 9, it said, When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to be begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They knew who this guy was. They saw him his whole life begging. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. See, that's what God wants to do with us as Christians. The ultimate for any Christian should be to lead somebody to Christ. And when we do, and when that person comes in the church and begins to worship God and everybody will see who that that person used to be and who they are now, People will be filled with joy and gladness and wonder and amazement. That's what Christianity is all about. It's about the wonder and amazement when we see somebody come to know Jesus. And that's that's what that man became. He was a burden. He went from a burden to a testimony in just, just a few minutes. One more story. David and his men had returned to Ziklag to find their city burned with fire. They'd been out fighting the enemy. And, and as they were out fighting the enemy, the part of the enemy circled back to where they lived. They went in there and they, they burnt the city to the ground. Uh, and this enemy was known to rape and pillage and destroy everything. And all the men, including David, began to weep. All their livestock was gone. Their wives, their children were gone. All their belongings, they were gone. And not only that, some of David's men even talked about stoning David. We're always looking for a fall guy, aren't we? We're always looking for somebody to blame. But David, you know, he could have sunk into a deep depression. He could have contemplated suicide. He could have started blaming God. That's what we do a lot of times, isn't it? But what he did is I believe that as he was crying and about the loss he had, I believe he began to remember about that time when the lion came and stole that lamb. I believe he remembered going after that lion and retrieving that lamb from that lion's mouth, still alive. He believed that. He still believed that God was God. And so he, he, he began to cry out to God. In 1 Samuel 37 and 8 says, Then David said to Abathar, the priest, the son of Ameliach, Bring me the ephod. Abathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord. You see, David, instead of having pity and crying and saying, why me, why me, why me? He goes and he begins to inquire of the Lord. He calls out to God and he says, God, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And God says, pursue them. He, he answered, you will certainly take overtake them and succeed in in the rescue. In 1 Samuel 30, verse 17, David fought them from dusk until the evening of the next day. And none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder, or anything else they had taken. 
David brought back everything. You see, when we begin to focus on God's power and his promises, instead of our problems, we, then God will work miracles on our behalf. David went out and took everything that the enemy had stole from him and he got it all back. And that's what God wants us to do. Whenever things look bad and it looks like Satan is, is stealing from us, it's time to go after God. Inquire of the Lord. Say, God, what do you want me to do? How can I get everything back? And God will show you. He'll tell you what to do. And then if we begin to walk it out in faith and, and look and see the unseen, see the, the eternal things of God, see our, let our spiritual eyes be open and don't focus in on what our natural eyes see. When we understand that and we go after God, God will work miracles in our lives today. I want to close. I want to pray. Lord, God, I just thank you, God, that no matter what we see with our natural eyes, God, you are always there. You always be there. You're all powerful. There's nothing that you can't do. God, your promises are true and real. And God, we just ask you, God, to, to come forth and move in our lives today. Lord, if there's anybody out there that I'm talking to right now, I ask God that you would touch their lives. I ask God that your Holy Spirit would move upon them to give them, Lord, the strength and the power to get out and go take what Satan has stole from them. Lord, I thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.